Howdy, everybody. It's time for another podcast, Thinking Beyond Value, conversations with strategic thinkers. And once again, across the table from me is the co-host of the day, Joan Quintana. Howdy, Joan. Howdy, Dr. Flint. And at the other end of the table is the producer, Will Walker. Howdy, Will. Howdy, David. Everybody doing okay? Doing great. We just had a great conversation. Yeah. I I actually um, had a really good conversation on this podcast. So who is it that we're talking to? So today the conversation is with Marcy Corey. She is the founder of Safe to Save, a really interesting new, like just over a year old company that has an app that folks can download to earn points for not texting or using their phone and driving. It's a really innovative concept. She's really making a difference. I think she's incredibly humble because she's accomplished a whole lot in just over a year with not a lot of investment, with very little investment, actually. And they're just growing. They're, she told us as she was leaving, they're about to move into the Houston, Texas market, which is really exciting. And she's new to V-Real, which is also kind of a new angle for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's very new to Be Real. Just a few days into Be Real, but she is definitely a strategic thinker. I don't think she realizes just how good of a strategic thinker she really is. Marcy Corey is sharp, and so I think that that will make for a great conversation for you, our listening audience, to kind of listen in on and, and take some things away from. So let's go ahead and have that conversation. Okay. Well, howdy, Marcy. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you. As uh, Joan said in our little introduction here, you have a very interesting little company, safe to say. <laughs> yeah. And true confession moment, I've been hearing about you for quite some time. But it was just a few days ago that I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you at length about safe to save. And I was impressed. I'm impressed with what you have done in a relatively short period of time. And you Thanks, may David. you may not be as impressed as <laughs> <Not>. I am. <laughs> yes, I'm underwhelmed, yes. <laughs> but I'll give you a chance to talk a little bit more about Safe to Save later on. But for now, I guess the people listening should understand that this V-Real framework idea is something that is new to you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, You've only been introduced to it very recently. Right, since Friday. Yeah. And so I, my first question to you is, what do you think about the V-Real framework? And, and how is it coming across to you in relationship to what you're trying to do with Safe to Save? Oh, where to even start? Because it has been incredibly helpful. You know, when you are right in the weeds, it's hard to sometimes prioritize and truly think strategically. And you have to almost take certain moments and carve time out to have that more that bird's eye view and think, okay, what are my eroding factors? What what really would help enable us to go further and start being more strategic and prioritize? And this book and even kind of looking through the B-Real and talking to you guys has truly helped us kind of start to prioritize more. And um, even already, we just had our staff meeting this morning and, you know, having people I made everyone talk about their top five and what are the things that um, are their enabling factors and their erosion factors. And, you know, just even bringing that language into our small staff is helpful because we're not, it's not just me as the one having trouble prioritizing. In a startup mode, everyone's wearing like 16 hats and only has limited time. And so this is really helpful to think about how can we really be strategic and have as much value added to our company as possible. Any piece that we talked about 
in the last few days really land with a big impact in terms of your thinking? Yes. Whenever you summed up, okay, my two eroding factors um, would be human capital and funding and just really even thinking through how to sales process and having more of a laser-like focus on our potential businesses help with all of that without having to go out and get, you know, raise capital. It was just really helpful. It's just really helpful to be, you know, laser-like focused on, okay, let's hire the right people and really make sure that we're getting our company to a, a more profitable point. One of the things that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that I thought I saw happen when we talked was the discussion about how you're creating value. Yes. And maybe some things that you hadn't thought about before. Definitely. No, it's really been helpful, especially thinking through, okay, how are we creating value? Like, what are we doing that's different than what others are doing out there? And this really is the only app that truly has like rewards associated with distracted driving. And it creates value for users. And I think it's more obvious for users. It's a free app. Of course, everyone loves saving hundreds of dollars on their favorite places by not texting and driving, (laughs) which is the law Uh in Texas. So we should be doing that. But so the value is really obvious for users. People are like, why wouldn't I download this app? But what you really helped me is how to help these potential business owners that want to join the app understand how this helps create value for them. I mean, what is this PR play? I mean, I've I've known that there's huge value. We've seen it from our 210 businesses on it, but you helped me kind of pinpoint, no, this value of you being able to be in the schools and being able to have competitions to see who has who's the safest driver and be able to promote local businesses in the schools they're after, that's, that's really valuable. And having, you know, all the media attention that we get because distracted driving is a huge issue and letting businesses be part of caring for their community, but not just in a way that is promoting, you know, a t-ball team, because you don't always know who's going to really walk in your business because of it. But you and Joan were very affirming that, like even us providing a dashboard to these business owners that show them how many people walked in their door every day, every month, you know, the age range, the gender, even rewards are redeeming. I mean, David, when you told me that this is going to be something that's going to bring a lot of value to businesses, because we are able to see thousands and thousands of transactions of what age groups are attracted to what types of rewards and offers, that's really helpful. Because now I can statistically tell businesses, okay, a buy one, get one half off attracts this percentage of people versus a buy one, get one free versus a free drink with an entree. Collecting all the information on what types of rewards are attracting different age groups and what types of you know offers truly do help change behavior and make people choose that restaurant versus others that they could choose. That's really valuable data to have thousands and thousands of transactions every month. This is something that could even offer some consulting or some help as small businesses are trying to decide, okay, what rewards do I offer? Um, we try not to call them coupons. <laughs> we call them rewards <laughs> yeah. because people earn them. But there really is a psychology behind choosing what really does help. And we love that you know businesses are in the driver's seat and that they can log on to our back end at any point and change those offers. So we also have a history to show, okay, when they did X, this produced this result. When they did Y, it produced this. And it really is helpful to look at all those charts and graphs and be able to... And I think that this is my opinion, of course, but I really think you probably have stronger data than sites like Facebook or Google. 
because those places that are trying to to put advertisements out in front of people and click through and everything they they can be gamed and and your data really can't be gamed you know it's it's it abs- is what it is yeah it's absolutely mm-hmm. this person walked into this store and did this transaction right so i also um have heard you talk about the fact that you have a patent Yes. And we didn't talk much about that, but what exactly do you have patented? Great question. Because whenever we first decided to start this company, that was a big question mark. Do you really need a patent for a software? Do you really, is this something that can, you know, stand in in court? And we decided, yes, I think this is something that has a whole lot of potential. So we do, we did hire a really great IP attorney out of San Antonio, and we do have a patent pending. And the part that we have patented is a rewards program in con- like in connection with an app that you get points when the driver is going 10 miles an hour or more and the actual software behind the app so that way it's something that you know protects everything going forward and we're already expanding into countries like Mexico and it's helpful as we expand to international areas that there is a patent pending and I think it helps these really large franchises and companies that are looking at being title sponsors for large cities and especially as we go into online rewards it's just is something that's helpful. You know I, I think that having a patent is a good thing but I also think one of the aspects that's going to really give you a distinctive competency in the marketplace and keep you really rare is the fact that you are going to have such good data. Yes. And you've helped me realize that more. You know, I can see from the value added for customers and then businesses that are on the app, the value is really there. But it's really neat looking forward at okay, what truly changes behavior? And we are starting to study millennials and how they love a good cause and distracted driving is a is a cause. So they're more likely to share it on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat about safe to save because it's connected to a cause that's truly changing their behavior. They were messing with their phones when they were driving. Now they're not. And they want to also save the lives of friends. Yeah, there's an interesting concept there that, that goes beyond just cutting out a coupon that you see on you know, in your mail or looking at something online. Right. And I think this is a good time. We're kind of naturally segueing into giving you an opportunity to discuss in detail exactly what Safe to Save does. But I think your story is a really interesting story as to how this came about as well. So what's what's your background? How did this get going and what are you doing? Okay. So a lot of people ask this because it is kind of a unique background. I wasn't looking for a job. My husband's a pastor in town. We do a lot with college ministry, was meeting with a college student. And as we were meeting over lunch, I just started, you know, commenting, everyone is on their phones, like literally everyone besides us. They weren't face to face. They were looking down at their screens. So we're just talking about why people are more addicted to their screens and what can be done you know, that can make a difference. We were challenged a few months earlier by Tim Keller in New York City on what are you doing for your city? Like if everyone looked at their city and thought, what am I doing to benefit my city? And so that really stuck with me. And I thought, well, I could keep being a stay-at-home mom or I could do something about the distracted driving issue. Because I'll be fully honest, David, I was really bad about texting and driving. (laughs) I was one of the statistics that said, okay, 85% of people in the world say no one should text and drive, but they're the one exception. They're the one that can handle it all. That was me. Yes. And so I knew if I'm bad about texting and driving... Other people are too. Our phones keep getting 300% more exciting every year. So it's just going to keep 
becoming even more of an issue. So I thought we need to break habits, but it needs to be in a fun way that's different than what's going on out there. We didn't want to do scary videos or shame people because let's be honest, we've all been guilty at some point, you know, of looking down at our phones. So I thought let's do something that works really well in my home with my five and eight-year-old, but make it citywide because we basically have a rewards chart with our kids. They are caught serving others or doing something above and beyond and they get a point. After 30 points, we get to go to Bahama Bucks or, you know, go out for frozen yogurt. Well, then I thought, let's do it citywide and have people put down their phones, earn points, use those points at high quality, upscale restaurants, casual dining, workout gyms, you know, ice cream places. And then we use College Station as an experiment. I am not an app developer. Um, Thankfully, I'm married to a computer engineer that just happens to be a pastor, but we hired a college student to do the first round and then kind of use College Station as a beta test to see, does this change behavior? Will people want to download this free app? And then did a ton of question asking. I think the people here at Startup Aggieland helped me realize you need to ask a ton of questions. And I'm glad we did because I was going to charge people for this app. I mean, I thought this is an app that saves people hundreds of dollars a month. And I started interviewing all my sorority girls that are in my Bible studies. And all of them were like, honestly, Marcy, love the idea, wouldn't pay for it. And so I thought we've got to make it free. And then the question was, how are we going to monetize it? And that stayed as a question mark for about four months because I knew that I had to do this to make a difference and to start changing user behavior. And if it's a good enough app, and it changes people's habits on such a huge cultural issue, we'll figure out how to monetize it. But my, you know, intentions are never, let's make money. It's how can we change our city? And then once we realize, okay, this really is changing where people are choosing where to eat based on where they have their safe to save points. And I remember Grub Burger looked at me in the eyes and they were like, we would pay for this. This is something that is worthy of a monthly payment because it changes how people are deciding where to go to eat. So that's kind of why we started that process. But yes, I'm not an app developer. Thankfully, I have a wonderful company that does that part um, that we outsource to. And it's been really neat to now grow into nine different markets and about to expand to Houston. Yeah, you you have a lot going on. (laughs) I'm not quite sure how you pull it all off, actually, but... It's a great team. We have a wonderful team and the Lord has opened up neat doors. And, you know, I feel like capacity can be expanded every day if you just look for ways to to expand it. We we can continue talking, but hey, how do people get a hold of you or where do they find the Safe to Save app or how do they get more information? Great question. Okay, so to download the app, it's just free in Google Play and App Store. Safe, the number two, save. So literally drive safe to save money. And people can get a hold of us on our website, www.safe2save.org. O-R-G, or people can email me directly. I mean, my email is M-A-R-C-I at safe, S-A-F-E, the number two, S-A-V-E dot O-R-G. Because we'd be glad to, yeah, talk to anyone that has any questions. Or if people know businesses that feel like would be a really great fit for the app, we would really welcome any suggestions. Because people make a big difference by even them saying, hey, this business should be on the app. And let me mention it to them. That really helps expand it all. And just to clarify for people who are listening, I use the Safe to Save app while I'm driving. Yes. And as long as I'm not using my phone, yes. I'm, I'm accumulating points. Right. And then I can go to a participating business mm-hmm. and I can use those points to redeem something. Right. Whatever the business is, is offering. Exactly. Yes. Free app. All people need to do is pull it up, 
before they start to drive. And then they do, they get two points for each minute that they're going 10 miles an hour or more and not touching their phone. Now let's say you give in to temptation and you do touch your phone. Notifications keep popping up that say it can wait, don't text and drive over and over and over. So that's kind of how it you know changes behavior. And then on the first screen of the app, you get to put a picture of your own family on there. And underneath the picture of your family members or your loved ones, it says, is it really worth it? Because I wanted that question to be out there so that when people grab their phone to say on my way, oh, you just think, is it really worth it to send that? I can just call people or talk hands-free or wait um, until I'm at the destination. So yeah, it, once you accumulate points, then you can decide, oh, I want to go use them at getting free tea or a free entree somewhere, or an appetizer, or $5 off my car wash. I mean, there's so many different options and categories and we're adding more and more categories as we go and then you also mentioned that you're allowing some companies to be kind of your tent pole sponsors when mm-hmm. you enter an area exactly so let's say we'll use baylor scott and white as an example they approached us and wanted to become our title sponsor for college station because they saw how many you know tens of thousands of people were on the app and so they wanted to be the ones that when it says is it really worth it their logo is right underneath and it says Baylor Scott and White says no and this is why and then they educate people okay you're 23 times more likely to crash when you text and drive statistics like that are really powerful so they're our title sponsor and then they have a banner on the bottom of each page of that and we're really thankful for them because they've also helped open up doors for us as we've gone into new markets and then West Texas the title sponsor out there is a Honda dealership classic Honda of Midland because they have a neat safety story to tell of hey we have safe vehicles that allow you to be hands-free they care about people in a different way so really we have a lot of options because we do regional sponsorships and so each market that we enter we can have a title sponsor of the app that wants to have their logo on the app and it's geolocated because we don't want to clutter the app so it's only one sponsor is allowed on that now let's say you're a company that wants to sponsor a competition that's a whole nother way to get your name out and we have like a law firm in waco and they really wanted to sponsor all the high school competitions in Waco. It's called Zimmerman Law. And so they're literally giving $1,000 cash to the high school student that has the most safe to save points in a given month. And then $500 cash to the parent that has the most safe to save points. So now we have, yeah, another company, a different law firm out in West Texas doing that. And that's been great because we can't fund all of those prizes, but we can kind of help connect people who have a safety story they want to tell or basically do a big PSA in the whole community that they want people to not be texting and driving. And now they can help do something about it and help us get into schools. I think that people listening will be able to tell that you have a variety of different ways that you create value for people. Uh, the users, the businesses, the community, all of that. And I I think that you do have some interesting rareness here in terms of the relationships that you're developing, the underlying software that you have developed, you're developing a strong brand. I mean, all of these are really good things that are going to help keep you rare in the marketplace. But one of the things that we talked about when we got together was the fact that you have, well, maybe your biggest eroding factor is you're only one person. I don't scale, as you said on Friday. I told my husband that. He's like, yes, he's right. I've been trying to tell you this. I know. That's the, yes, It's it's been tricky. I would love there to be, you know, 38 hours in each day. Yeah, but there 
are not 38 right. hours in I each know. day. So one of the things that we talked about is is maybe thinking about how you can use your time more effectively, right. bring in new human capital that can do some of the things that maybe you shouldn't be doing, right. all of that. But I do see that as being a, a big challenge to you. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, probably in my mind, the biggest eroding factor right now is, is just you. I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. You only have so many hours in a day. Right. And I really appreciated you sharing that. And as we even look strategically on how are we going to grow this company, one of the other eroding factors underneath that is that I think the best of everyone, meaning I look at someone and I see the very best qualities of them. I don't always see their weaknesses. So I need to have other people on my team that can help maybe look a little bit more critically because when I hire people, I just feel like anyone can talk about Safe to Save. Anyone can ask people big questions and, you know, cause a whole movement to happen in a city. But then I have to realize, no, we need certain people and we need certain processes. And even our sales team, I need to grow in how to expand and retain and have better processes. Yeah, you really do need to work on those enabling factors. Right. Your your attraction of the right human capital, your training of that human capital, so that you don't erode away that value that is really pretty cool. (laughs) In regard to the longevity issue, I obviously don't have a crystal ball, Mm -hmm. but you know, I could see you doing very well in terms of the longevity aspect here. You've got something that truly can have some good distinctive competencies in the marketplace. So if you can get those right enabling factors in there, I think you're probably in pretty good shape. Now, do you have any questions that have arisen since we last talked or even while we're talking today that you want to throw in my direction? Well, you did a great job of even helping us think through how to truly establish better relationships with each, you know, police force and city government and kind of like maximize all of the, you know, possible relationships there. And so I guess one of my questions for you is, as we start thinking strategically about that and with the longevity, how how do you just looking at our company and thinking strategically most recommend time to be spent on that versus like the sales part as far as relation that's kind of where i i feel like everything is a both like pr meaning like everybody like telling people about the app and the actual getting new businesses on that to attract the people or they're both priorities but how how would you balance that and which part do you think i should outsource versus do myself well i think that and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new to everything that you're doing, so take whatever I say with a little grain of salt. But I think that some of that building of relationships with key stakeholders in the community, like police forces mm-hmm. and fire departments and city councils and everything, probably will almost follow naturally mm-hmm. as you expand into areas, uh, as you get businesses that say things like, we want to do things in schools. Well, okay, so... The police department and the fire department and and so forth will also be wanting to do things in schools. So Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, make those contacts in the process because they're there as well. I think I think that's going to be kind of more of an organic progression. I don't think that you should put it in the background and not think about it at all. But I think those opportunities are likely to to just develop Mm -hmm. as you're going in and establishing yourself in a new area. Yeah, you're so right. Has that? It does happen. Mm-hmm. Like even tonight, I'm like headed out of town to go to a chamber event in Temple, and there's a lot of that. Yes, when you're talking to businesses, there's also places where there's just 
connectors in the community that can help open doors. And and one of the things that actually Joan and I talked about after mm-hmm. you had left <laughs> is the fact that you do also have some social capital in another direction, and that mm-hmm. is through church relationships. You have some very strong relationships mm-hmm. with very large churches in the mm-hmm. Houston area and elsewhere. We really do. I just, yeah, I haven't known how to yeah. navigate that. And so I think that that, again, might happen a little bit organically. But at the same time, you might want to think about that a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with asking, well, what business people in this particular church that I have the strong contacts with Mm -hmm. might be interested in learning about Safe to Save. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, sometimes I maybe have too many lines and think, yeah, at the end of the day, everyone cares about how to make their community safer and people opening up a door. It really does make a big difference in a business owner wanting to sit down with a staff member. So, you know, I think a lot of those relationships, repeating myself a little bit here, will happen organically. Mm-hmm. But keeping your eyes and ears open and thinking about where those opportunities might present themselves and being ready mm-hmm. in case they do present themselves. You know, as I like to say to people, if you're walking down the street and you trip over a gold brick, stop and pick it up, mm-hmm. you know. But you have to kind of be aware that you have tripped over a gold brick as you're walking down the street. So, you know, keep your eyes and ears open and and let it happen as it happens. Right, right. No, that's so true. We have many different gold bricks that the Lord, I feel like, has put in our path that has really made a big difference. And y'all are one of them. I mean, coming across your book and hearing from you and Joan, I mean, even just like wise advice like this has really been huge to help us Mm -hmm. stop and realize what are those other golden bricks right around us? Uh, I am curious, and I'm also a little nervous. You may be the first person that we're talking to who really is hitting be real cold. I mean, you know, literally just a few days ago, you got handed the book, we talked, and then you went off and you started reading it a little bit and thinking, is the book easy to read? Is it useful? Is it easy to read? And I love filling in charts. So like having the, like the Rosia matrix and all these different things, it's been really helpful for people like me that I'm not a reader. Even when starting this business, you would think I would have read all these different books. I mean, I've listened to one, you know, book on tape, but that's about it because there's just not enough time that your book really is compelling enough and has good practical advice that makes me want to stop apply, and even implement in my staff meeting that week. So that's a rare piece. I'm glad to hear that. We tried. Yes, (laughs) you did. Great job. Okay, so is there anything else that you want to ask about or talk about before we wrap up our conversation today? You know, this has just been really helpful. I probably just would love to know, as you take a look at our company and you think, okay, wow, safe to say would be great if... Like, how would you fill in that blank? You know, because I know we've identified some erosion factors, but what is like the biggest area for growth that you think, wow, she really needs this? Well, we talked some about this. You were asking about whether it would be a good idea to go out and get some outside investment. That was my big question, yes. I have thought about it a little bit more since, Mm -hmm. and I... I haven't come to a definitive opinion, but I'm leaning toward the idea that it would help you, I think, to have a little bit more firepower in your bank account, just so that you can take advantage of some opportunities that present themselves without having to think, oh, 
you know, we just can't do that because we don't have the funds. And that might be in regard to obtaining certain human capital, or it might be in regard to being able to think even further geographically and making contacts and having to do the kind of travel and everything that you would need to do to do that. So I, I'm beginning to lean toward that idea of, you know, maybe going out and and getting a little bit of outside investment might help you. I, I mean, I just find it amazing what you have done thus far without really putting in a lot of capital. I know that you feel you have put in a lot of capital, and you have, but... 50000 is a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's pretty amazing what you have done. You know, and, and we talked about how some other companies out there, very famous companies, you know, invest millions and millions and millions of dollars in products that really are never going to generate any profit. And I, I think you are not in that category. I think you are quite capable of creating far more value than you consume in the process of creating that value and having a, a healthy profit margin in the long run. So the idea of going out and, and maybe raising a little bit of money so that you can take advantage of some opportunities mm -hmm. it might be a good idea. Right. No, I think there's definitely wise advice to that, especially as we sit down with different PR firms or different, you know, it wouldn't be um, a huge amount that we would have to spend, but I want to be able to do those things and still be able to meet payroll and scale as quickly as we need to. So I think that's wise. I really want to figure out how to find investors that also want to help grow this too. That, that would be ideal is to have people that, yes, because we have potential investors that have approached us, but I would love people to be all in with us too. Any ideas on how to find those people? Eyes, ears, talk a lot. Fortunately, you happen to be located in a community where the entrepreneurial community is getting deeper and deeper right. and attracting much more attention these days. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, for many places around the country, you would not be in as good a shape as you could be here in terms of finding those kinds of people. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel blessed to have the business advisors we have here in this local community that have really helped give us a lot of good direction. We are strategically located yeah. between like three or four different big hubs. So you're right. Just a matter of time. Well, I think we've had a pretty good conversation. Yes. It's been really helpful. Thank yeah. you, David. And, uh, you know, the title of the podcast is Thinking Beyond Conversations with Strategic Thinkers. Mm -hmm. Once again, I think we've managed to pull in a really good strategic thinker here, even though you may have done it kind of organically without <laughs> calling yourself a strategic thinker. I, I think you have very much qualified. Thank you, David. It's been quite a roller coaster ride. Sometimes I think I'm just, you know, learning as we go, but we've been really blessed to have wise people give great advice along the way. So thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Marcy. Yes. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll be talking later. Perfect. Sounds wonderful. Well, David, that was a great conversation with a great strategic thinker. Yeah, I really enjoy talking with Marcy. She has so much energy. It just sort of exudes out of her as she talks. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, she's she's very engaged with what she's doing. What she's doing inspires her, motivates her to keep doing what she's doing. And, and it's really fun to see. Safe to Save is an exciting company for a lot of reasons. Certainly Marcy makes it so because she's so passionate about it. But what they've been able to accomplish in a little over a year with relatively very small investment is so very impressive. Yeah, it really is. And she doesn't realize how impressive that is, which is also kind of nice. <laughs>
Well, you know, we talk about how important it is for an entrepreneur to be really engaged and and all in on what they're doing and her story about safe to save and really wanting to be impactful in her community. Certainly she's motivated by her faith, but she's motivated by the difference that this app is making in actually enticing people to leave their phone alone while they're driving so they are safer and at the same time creating real value for those companies that are participating and providing their rewards and those rewards in turn bringing new customers into their businesses. And it was it was fun when we talked with her prior to the podcast a few days ago and pointed out that she really didn't realize all of the resources that she has inside of her company. And now that she's starting to think about that resource base, she's beginning to see that she can create value in a number of different ways that were never on her radar screen before. Exactly. We talk about how the data that she has where she can show what has worked for a fast food restaurant in the way of a reward or what has worked for casual dining or what has worked for an oil change company in terms of getting consumers to choose that reward over something else. That is incredibly valuable for those small businesses trying to decide how to use their limited resources to to bring new customers in the door. And she can demonstrate that. She has the hard numbers. You know, so much of advertising is guesswork. You know, how how good of a response do you have to an advertisement or a social media campaign or whatever? And so much of that often comes down to guesswork. And she's going to have very precise information to hand to businesses saying, this is what has worked. And she gives them that dashboard so they can see what's working and what's not. But but the real, I think, longer-term value proposition here, at least one of them, is her ability her and her team's ability to sit down with those businesses and tell them, look, this has worked for businesses like your own. You may think that this would work, what you have on your mind, but we're going to tell you, look at this data. It's proven, we know from actual consumer behavior data, that if you'll just choose this type of a reward over this one, you're going to have a much better return on your investment. So that's that's incredible as a value proposition. And of course, you know, we look, we talked with Marcy about the fact that she's she's adding value at the individual user level for those rewards that they can get, certainly for the local businesses, but also at the community level. Absolutely. So she's got so much going on here. And I think it was great that through the conversation that you had with her, she was able to see the real potential of that consumer behavior data that she's got. That's that's exciting for safe to save into the, going into the future. There are some other things that came out of this that I think are interesting. So most of the people out there listening aren't that familiar with V-Roll, right? right. And so um, I think maybe it's encouraging to us because we're maybe too familiar with it at this point, but it's encouraging for us and I think maybe encouraging for you, the listeners out there, that, hey, Marcy's only been exposed to V-Roll for one week prior to this conversation that you're listening to. And she talked about how she already implemented it in her staff meeting Mm -hmm. to help them prioritize how they're spending their time. Right. I was very encouraged by that. I mean, I, I've been using V-Real in my head and in my work with people for years, 
And for me, it's second nature at this point. But to hear her say that it was easy for her to understand, it, it was highlighting things that she hadn't seen highlighted before. It was a tool to begin communicating better with her team and all of this in just a matter of a few days. That was, that was really encouraging. That is encouraging to see how V-Roll can be used sort of at that tactical level in your organization to f- sort of help with communication and prioritization at the at the individual level within an organization. But then also Marcy was really quick to use V-Roll to think very strategically about her business going forward. She's got some really exciting things happening. She's already in a number of markets, but they're smaller markets in Texas. And now she's moving into Houston, Texas. And that is certainly not a small market. So she needs to be thinking strategically about that. And I also was encouraged by the fact that she said she really enjoyed the way that we put together the book and that it was easy to read and was drawing her in, even though she's not much of a reader. <laughs> I'm glad that the book was helpful to her. It, it is really encouraging. And we hope that our listeners will will look into that and that they will think about that value and rareness and what are those resources and capabilities that you have that are working for you or could work for you, how you can uh, deal with any eroding factors that might be working against you, put enablers in place, and then think about how this is all going to work in the long term. Certainly that's something Marcy's been thinking about. And when we were talking with her, you pointed out that, you know, perhaps one of the big eroding factors for her is just the fact that she's one human being, right? And she said, I wish there were 36 hours in the day, don't we all? There's not. And she's one person, and just like the rest of us, she has 24 hours to work with. And she's remarkable in how she uses that time. But we talked about the fact that she's got to have the enablers in place so that she can focus on the things that make her the most valuable to Safe to Save and their mission and what they're working to accomplish. But then also even thinking about how to bring in an enabler such as a little bit of outside investment. I think it's really important that she realizes that outside investors can bring far more than just money. Your best outside investors coming in would be the kind that she's looking for, the kind that bring energy, that bring motivation, that bring insight, that bring social capital into your organization. So she is already on track without us ever saying anything to her that that's the kind of investor that you want in a business. If you're just looking for money, you know that's, that's a small piece of what you really want from an outside investor. Exactly. that, And certainly choosing who invests in your organization is, now that's a strategic decision. That's really important to make that decision wisely. And, and Marcy's such a great strategic thinker that she's, she's already thinking that way, as you've said. Yeah. Uh, one thing about you know, Marcy herself potentially being an eroding factor because she's only got 24 hours in a day and there's only one of her, you know, that is a very common problem in startups. Whoever is the founder, or even if it's a small team or whatever, you know, you are limited. You know, we've seen this in in other people that we've talked to for the podcast as well. You have to understand that you can only do so much. And yes, you are important, and yes, you are creating value, but you can become an eroding factor because you are trying to do too much. Absolutely true. And I mean, that's true in all of our personal lives. It's certainly true for entrepreneurs in a business trying to get things going. And I think most entrepreneurs, one, they have sort of this 
usually a lot of energy that they're putting toward this thing that they have a vision for, um, but maybe even a little bit of a blind spot about about this eroding factor that is so common. And I think Vero can be really useful in thinking at that level, at the individual level. How is it, and we talked to Marcy about this, how is it that she creates the most value for her company now? And she was able to answer that question. And that helped her prioritize how she will spend her time going forward. And so that seems tactical, but it's actually very strategic to think about yourselves with the V-Rail tool, allow that to kind of guide how you spend your time, and then take it to a higher level, um, thinking about the company. And, and so great, great tool for, for both of those levels of discussion. Well, that was a good conversation. It was, but I don't want to end before we talk about how people might be able to earn some extra points by getting on Safe to Save and also some of the exciting developments that are coming up that we didn't talk about in the conversation. So there's a couple things we want to make sure you take away from this. So first off, Safe to Save, and Marcy said it, but I'll say it again. It's safe, S-A-F-E, the number two, save, S-A-V-E, dot org is the website, and that is the app. And you need to download it. And here's why. There's a special code. If you put V-R-E-E-L in that code for when you download the app, you're going to get 800 bonus points. So you're going to get started already with some bonus points towards some of those rewards that are out there and available. And that's going to be true no matter where you are in the country because... At the end of January, Safe to Save is launching online rewards. So and that's January 2018. Exactly. Thank you. At the end of January 2018, online rewards are coming with Safe to Save. They're going to be in Houston, so that's an enormous market. Uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming down. So be safe when you drive and save a little. Safe to save.org. Yeah, this move into the online world is really exciting. The fact that you'll be able to get some rewards in the digital world, you know. So yes, you do not have to be just here in Texas where Safe to Save is is primarily located right now. And she also mentioned that there is a Spanish language version coming soon. Right, that's exciting. So this is just getting started. Safe to Save is a young, vibrant, energetic, growing, whole lot going for it kind of startup company and it's an exciting one to watch. Marcy's amazing. And I just, I guess, last thing I want to say is she did mention that she's looking for the right kind of investor. Mm-hmm. So is. if anybody's out there, you should contact Marcy. Well, do we need to say anything else before we go? We should. So in addition to Safe to Save, those of you who are listening, we hope you're starting to hear and understand the value of the V-Rail framework for helping you think strategically about your individual lives, your businesses, your large organizations. And if you want more information and resources, we hope you'll visit drdavidflint.com. You can follow Dr. David Flint on Twitter and Facebook as well. And the book is out there and available in ebook. It's also available very soon. You can pre-order it online, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, other booksellers, and on drdavidflint.com. So check out those resources, follow us, and please keep listening to the podcast. Okay. Well, that was another great conversation with another great strategic thinker. We have a lot of them around here, don't we? Yeah, and we're just looking forward to even more conversations. So until the next time that we have a conversation with a strategic thinker, for all of you out there listening, keep thinking. Bye.